This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Hello there, how you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here and welcome to Mano 2 People's Radio, Irish Time. Uh, things are looking grim over in Ireland with the COVID, uh, you know, it's on a big surge. So we'll uh, talk a little bit about that there, but there's all there, a bit of good news as well. But uh, hopefully you keep listening to the, the station, you know, the best in the, the province, as they say. Anyway... We will uh, start with the COVID. Oh, it's a beautiful morning here, by the way, before I get carried away. Anyway, it is. It's a cracker. Anyway, what have we got here? Uh, this is pubs, curfew and working at home return return back to Ireland. They sort of lifted a lot of restrictions a week or two ago, but now they've been uh, sort of reintroduced to some degree, you know, because this, like I said, there was a massive surge in Ireland and in a lot of other European countries. So it would be interesting, they had that rugby game last week, you know, between the All Blacks and Ireland and Dublin, and they had 50-odd thousand people in, uh, you know, the stadium. So it will be interesting to see how close that was. And I saw little bits of it in the replay on Sunday afternoon, because I'm, I'm not a big rugby head, so I didn't watch the game live, but I watched a bit of it on uh, Sunday afternoon. And I didn't notice a lot of people wearing masks. Isn't that interesting? No wonder there is the surge has taken off. And it's uh, a lesson for uh, people in this country just to, you know, be aware of stuff like that there that, is, you know, it might sort of have gone for a while, but it sort of comes back because in Ireland it would seem the cases are absolutely phenomenal. And uh, the number of deaths has gone down, you know, but the number of uh, people catching it is uh, kind of scary, to be honest with you, et cetera, et cetera, and you can't take it for granted. Even here in Palmerston North now, we have a case and one in Ashurst. So it is starting to spread around a little bit, so just a matter of being careful. And wear a mask when you're, you know, out and about with people, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully we, we don't end up like, we're having, like they have done in Europe, having to shut everything down again, you know, particularly at this time of year. I don't think the government will do that because it is Christmas and it's, I think there'd be a revolution if they did it something together. But all that they ask is for people to be a bit more aware and take care. Anyway, what have we got here? Uh, new COVID-19 restrictions in the Republic of Ireland are due to another, due to another surge in the virus, like I said. Uh, the Taoiseach, the Prime Minister, said, advice is now that everyone should work from home unless it is absolutely necessary to go to the office or whatever. Workers begin to return to the office in September when restrictions were eased. Mr. Martin also confirmed uh, an earlier closing time of midnight for bars, restaurants and nightclubs from last Thursday, yesterday. Uh, ministers made the decision as senior government figures fear another infections, uh, further you know, infections are going to happen. Uh, Mr. Martin, speaking on a TV address on Tuesday night, said if the number of uh, COVID infections continues to grow at the current rate, no health service uh, would be able to cope. That's the bottom line, the hospitals. This is the fourth surge, but it is different, and the vaccination program has allowed us to keep society open. I agree with that. The vaccine has worked. 
and well, it's contained it or curtailed it. He also announced that COVID-19 close contacts who are fully vaccinated and showing no symptoms should restrict their movements until they have three negative tests within five days. Another 4,570 cases of coronavirus were reported in Ireland on Monday, up from 3,800 on Sunday. The total number of deaths linked to the COVID-19 in the Republic since the start of the pandemic is now 5,566. So that's, uh, you know, a lot of people sort of dying, you know, your fellow citizens. The earlier closing time for all restaurants, pubs and nightclubs will come into effect, like I said, from midnight Thursday. Uh, that reverses the return to normal opening on the 22nd of October, which had brought an end to a, uh, 11, what is it, 11, oh, a 3 o'clock curfew that had been operating since COVID-19. Restrictions were lifted in July. You allow hospitality premises to serve customers uh, indoors. Pubs and nightclubs are ordinarily able to serve alcohol until 3, uh, until, uh, yeah, what's that? Till three o'clock on Fridays and Saturdays, while those with a, a late license can serve alcohol up to, uh, what was it a lot? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it said two thirty. So that was on Friday. It was opening up from twelve. The head of the Licensed Victor uh, Vinters Association said the decision would be uh, extraordinarily difficult for those working in uh, late bars, nightclubs, and the rest of the nights. Uh, the night set, you know, the people out and about at night. And will place considerable pressure on uh, livelihoods in the, the come up and coming up to Christmas. It will be as people will be sort of having shorter hours, if not out of work. The Restaurants Association uh, of Ireland called for business support for the hospitality industry to be re- reintroduced. But there's you know paying wages, etc., etc. The restaurant, uh, its chief executive, sorry, Adrian Cummins, told Irish broadcaster RTE. Uh, that the testing needs to be ramped up and the, and the message to reduce socialising uh, will only hurt uh, hospitality venues with more cancellations in restaurants and bars. With about 90% of over 12 fully vaccinated, that's good news, uh, against COVID, uh, the Republic of Ireland has one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. They all say that in the world. Uh, there are plans to, put, uh, to give boosters to all over the 60, you know, people over 60, people in my age bracket, uh, in a social media report, Ireland's chief medical officer, Dr. Houlihan, said in the last 14 days we have uh, been notified of almost 55,000 cases. That's right, 55,000 cases of COVID. The only time we have had more cases in a 14-day period was in January this year. And unfortunately, we do expect that, that number to increase. So it just gives you some idea, you know. The, the numbers that are happening, and uh, this is not just the Republic of Ireland, this is also in sort of uh, uh, Spain, France, and the Netherlands, and Austria, etc., etc. You have to be vaccinated before you can actually get out and about, it would seem. And I agree with it, because I think people should get vaccinated, you know, just for the sake of their families, but also their friends and their fellow citizens who they walk past in the stores or down the street. I mean, it is, I just... I'm at a loss to find out why people are so anti the whole thing. You know, just, just, just don't understand. Like in some countries now, I think they're reintroducing that if you're not, um, you don't get a vaccination and you go sick and you have to be hospitalised, you have to pay, you know. And I have a bit of sympathy for that, I think. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's not a, a big ask or you're getting a, you know, a shot, it's free. It might be inconvenient trying to find a time. But, you know, this is life and death stuff. 
It's not just an inconvenience, life and death. But anyway, Kirkholm Kirkholm visitor in Ireland will need to show uh, a COVID status. Visitors to nursing homes in the Republic will be required to show proof of COVID immunity before entering the premises. It's according to new guidance published by the Health Protection Surveillance Centre. The advice will be implemented from this coming Monday. COVID vaccination certificate, uh, it's a, you know, a record of another, you have to show an HSA, that's a Health Association vaccination record, or another, or other proof of immunity will be needed uh, before you can get anywhere, you know, inside through the doors. Uh, that includes healthcare, legal, financial, obviously, and regular research. Everyone is, got, is affected by this. But the document says that essential service providers should be fully vaccinated, similar to healthcare workers, but recommends that they should not be denied access. That's interesting. It also recommends that important service providers, such as hairdressers, entertainers, uh, should be also should be fully vaccinated. Uh, window visits will be allowed at times, according to the document. You know, just windows, just like my sister who lives in a place called Lisburn, just out of Belfast. Her uh, son and, uh, you know, daughter-in-law uh, and, uh, what do you call it, you know, the children, they're outside the window waving. They can't actually come through, you know. It's just, it's kind of, it's not tragic, but it's kind of sad. You know, they've got an old tribe of children. They're all sitting on one side of the window and she's in the other, you know, and, but they can't actually get in contact whatsoever. I think that has been lifted quite a bit over in the, in the north of Ireland, but I think they're uh, extremely concerned about the spread of the virus because it's a new strain, apparently. Anyway, up to four people from uh, no more than two households can visit, with a maximum of four uh, such visits per week. However, the easing of restrictions may not fully apply if the care home has uh, active COVID-19 outbreak. On Thursday, the National uh, Public Health Emergency Team advised the government that people in the Republic of Ireland should work from home where possible. It also recommends extending the use of COVID certificates to other areas outside of hospitality. The body also uh, recommended that people who frequently go to nightclubs, bars and restaurants should take uh, twice weekly antigen tests, you know, just, you know, swipes to see that, uh, you know, you're clean. So uh, that's the Republic of Ireland at the moment, and it sounds pretty grim. Right, what else can we do here? Uh, Also, we'll do this bit about this still related to COVID. Only this is in the north of Ireland, and I think it's an idea that you could possibly come here at some stage. The the economy. Uh, People are being urged to use their £100 spend local cards with less than a month to go until until the system ends. Economy Minister Gordon Land said more than £50 million had been spent in the retail, hospitality and service sectors. More than 1.3 million cards have been dispatched to applicants and about a million have been activated. Good. The £145 million scheme was set up by the government executive to boost sales for businesses that were badly affected by the outbreak. Mr Land said traders have reported noticeable uplift in uh, uh, Footfall, that's you know, people come through the door, and it was vital that these cards are activated and used. I think it, something like that might happen. I don't know, hopefully, it won't. They're in such a dire situation compared to New Zealand. He said that everyone should use their cards to support the business in their local areas. The cards are for anything and everything, okay? It's not, there's no specifics, you know, for shops, this, that, in our areas. It's all the shops in your neighborhood or in, this, the, in the town. 
have been uh, hugely in- encouraged by how the people of Northern Ireland have embraced the message. Mr. Lance said that uh, in order to maximise the benefits to business, all cardholders should use the card to maximise the fact by spending the full £100. For anyone who has uh, some balance left on their card, no matter how small, I urge you to use every penny and spend it locally. If you have to uh, spend a little of your own money in the local shop, so be it. If you had a, you know, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> pardon me. If you have to uh, sort of act, uh, you know, stick on another few quid. Anyway, this is, I just find this interesting because I'm not, a, you know, like I said, not particularly crazy about sport. I mean, I like sport, but football. Uh, this is a Rand Tubby, I think he's a TV personality in the, the Republic, has weighed in and given his two cents on Ireland's fans singing the fields of Athenry over New Zealand's Haka prior to Saturday's game in Dublin. Like I said, I never saw the match. Anyway, Ireland managed to record a, a third victory over the All Blacks in five years and the second uh, at the stadium. It finished 29-20, as we all know. But a, a major talking point for fans was uh, during, uh, during the rounds before the game. The All Blacks performed the traditional uh, formation for the Haka, the ceremonial Maori dance that they, they have made famous. But some Ireland's fans started singing the Fields of Athenry, which worked uh, drawn out the war cries of the All Blacks. Many fans took to uh, social media to argue over it's disrespectful or not. Toby says that the Irish fans did nothing wrong. He attended the match with his daughter has uh, backed those who participated in speaking on his uh, um, RTA radio show. It's, you know, Irish radio, uh, Irish radio and TV. I was lucky to be there, and it was amazing because the hacker was going on, and you could hear it in the crowd. When the hacker is going on, you can either do one or two things, go deathly silent and let them uh, off, or as happened in this stadium the other day, actually we're going to uh, take out the hacker, and they just sang the, the Fields of Fashion Ride. I know a few people were uh, trying to shush, shush those who were singing, but actually it felt like the, it was, a, you know, this is rugby and not war. They're doing their thing and this is our hacker, so suck it up, boys, and if you don't take it out, too bad. We like the, 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 the feels of us and Rye. I was in two minds, but the, but the more it went on, the more I, I hung on and they were doing this war dance. Why can't we have a, a cry? It's fun. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? That the, 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 you know, it all started singing. It's like a, not quite the national anthem, but it's pretty close to it. And uh, I, I just don't see the problem. It's like when England they played England, it might have been in the World Cup. Remember, England started had a V sign, all the players, victory, etc. And uh, you know, some people get upset about that. I mean, Jesus, it's only a game of football, you know. The drowning out of the haka led to plenty of debate on social media over the weekend, with some in favour and others opposed. One person said, lads, I want to hear the haka with silence like it used to be. We're supposed to be there. We are uh, chiming in with Athen Rye. I'm not into that. Another commented, it's a bit disrespectful to start singing during the haka. I don't uh, think the haka should be allowed at the World Cup or competitive matches, but respect it when it is on tour. Someone else added, maybe it's just me, but I found the singing of the Fields of Athen Rye while the All Blacks were in the, the middle of the, the hockey disrespectful and disappointing. But one tweeter user argued, the only thing better than the hockey is opposition fans and teams rising up to the challenge with this sort of stuff. The All Blacks performed the traditional formation of the haka, the traditional, the ceremonial Maori dance that they had made famous, but some Ireland fans started singing. 
uh, which worked to drown out the, you know, the cries of the All Blacks. Many fans took to social media, arguing that if it was disrespectful, etc., etc. So, so I think I've repeated that again. I was lucky to be there, and it was amazing to see all these people sort of getting involved with uh, the singing of the Fields of Aston Ryan. There was 50-odd thousand people, apparently. I was surprised. I thought it was, you know, it was uh, limited numbers, etc., in social space. But like I said, no one I noticed on the TV was wearing a mask, and everybody was shoulder to shoulder. You know, fair play to them. Anyway, 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 Dubliner. Vincent Keevery has been sworn in as the London Mayor of the City of London. Keevery becomes the, the city's 690, 693rd Lord Mayor, but the first Irishman to hold the office. In his uh, public engagement, the 56-year-old led today's Lord Mayor show from the Guildhall to the Royal Courts of Justice, where he, uh, he swore allegiance to the Crown and to officially take up his role. However, Kinney, who has been held, held the office of Alderman for the ward of Farrington uh, since October 2013, was sworn in at Friday's silent ceremony at the Guildhall following his election in September. Speaking after his election, Keevy said that it was as the elected head of the City of London, he was confident in facing the economic challenges posed by the coronavirus pandemic. I am honoured to be elected as the 639th uh, Lord Mayor, the city will play a key role in addressing some of the major issues of today, supporting the recovery, making the most of talented people across the country, and tackling climate change, which is, again, I'm a bit more sympathetic to that blah, blah, blah. I had that, you know, the meeting, uh, the gathering in Glasgow. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, still a long way to go. We'll see. And it's not going to happen overnight either. You know, it's going to take years. But if you have any sort of uh, idea and you look into the future for your children and your grandchildren, you have to do something. You can't just let it rip on and on and on and make lots of uh, talk but no action. Even the Queen got involved and told them that apparently. Uh, the Square Mile has constantly reinvented itself throughout our history to remain a world-leading business hub. This is London still. We must rise to this challenge once again in the face of challenge, uh, changing economic and uh, social trends brought about by the coronavirus pandemic, while also seizing new opportunities following uh, the UK's exit from the European Union. I'm confident the city's future is bright. Let's hope so. The UK's financial and professional service sector will... Uh, continue to provide jobs, drive growth and deliver investment across our country and beyond. Adrian O'Neill, Irish ambassador to the UK, was among those uh, watching today's procession from the Lord Mayor's box. Lucky him. The event, which uh, dates back to the 13th century, yes, the 13th century, uh, has, uh, has returned after its cancellation last year due to the, the pandemic. The parade itself boasted a strong Irish contingent with a host of companies with strong Irish links uh, which were represented. Among the 128 floats, yes, 128 floats, were displays from O'Donovan Waste Disposable, J. Coffee Construction, J.B. Riney, Parday, London Irish Rugby Group, Kelly Group and F.M. Conway, who are obviously big players in, uh, you know, in London, you know, big companies and employ a number of people. In his role as the Lord Mayor, Gibley will act as an international spokesperson for the City of London, leading business delegations to key international markets on behalf of the UK's financial and professional services industry. 
a partner in, in the international business law firm, D.L. Piper. Thievery will also uh, look to promote his people and purpose agenda, championing a purpose-led and people-focused financial and professional services sector. That's good. It's amazing what they do with words. Words are important, as I say. The, the new Lord Mayor and his wife, Amanda, from Chief from Galway, will now take up residence in the Lord Mayor's historic Grade 1 listed mansion house. His next engagements will be Monday's uh, Lord Mayor's Banquet at the Guildhall, where the Prime Minister, Boris you know, Bojo, Boris Johnson, will deliver a speech. So that'll be interesting. Well, because Boris was the Mayor of London for a while, you know, in his uh, somewhat checkered political career. Right, what else have we got here? This is uh, the towns, okay? The most loved towns in Ireland. So we'll get on that. I think it was County Clare. Innes in County Clare. I always think of Innes, I just think of the Irish traditional music. But it's, uh, you know, I've been there and it's a lovely part of the world. Innes in County Clare has been named Ireland's tidiest uh, town for 2021. The town, which provisionally won the title in 2005, was judged to be the best from 847 entries. Wow, oh, that's no mean feat. 847. It takes the mantle from. Uh, Glasra in County Monaghan, which claimed the title in 2019. Uh, so, yeah, the, the 2016 flat in Ennis uh, attracted 400,000 visitors. So, uh, they did well. Following a one year uh, hiatus due to the, 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 the pandemic, the event returned on Friday in a scaled down format that was streamed live. Uh, the winner was announced by Heather Humphreys, the teacher, she's a you know MP, Minister for Rural and Community Development, and Ray Kelly, marketing director of a com- uh, competition sponsor, Super Value. Uh, this is a fantastic achievement for Innes, who are very deserving winners, said the minister. Yeah, so are the other 800 odd people who actually tried to get in. Ennis first entered the Super Value Tidy Times competition in 1959 and continued to showcase what... All that is good about uh, the community and volunteerism. Mm. They have been consistently achieving high standards in the, the competition at local, regional, national and European level and won the competition previously in 2005. Given the tremendous interest in the competition and the increasing efforts made by all entrants, it is a wonderful achievement to take the national uh, title for a second time. This really demonstrates that resilience, yes, resilience and determination do reap rewards. Uh, in other words, don't give up. Minister Humphreys also announced 1.5 million euros in funding to support the work of individual Tidy Times committees around the country. It is the fifth consecutive year that the funding has been provided to support the the committees and uh, bring the total allocations uh, since 2017 to uh, nearly 7 million euros, just 6.7, I think it says here. The Tidy Times uh, competition, which is organised by the Department of Rural and Community Development, has been sponsored by supermarket chain SuperValue since 1991. Speaking after the award, SuperValue uh, Managing Director Ian Allen uh, said, on behalf of SuperValue, I would like to congratulate Innes for being named Ireland's tidiest town. It was a fantastic achievement and uh, is the result of incredible work and dedication by the committee. That's where you get the, the volunteers coming in, etc., etc. And I think it's good that they actually, you know, try to keep the place litter-free. They do have lots of retired people who go along and just tidy up their own sort of neighbourhood, really. 
which is not a bad idea. It keeps the place tidy. I mean, because you live there after all, and even though they have lots of visitors, but it's still your your hometown. Innes was also named Ireland's tidiest large urban centre, uh, along with uh, Cobb in County Cork, uh, which was awarded the title of Ireland's tidiest large town. Oh, we're getting small towns to large towns. Uh, Geese Hill over there in uh, Offaly, County Offaly, was named Ireland's tidiest village. And there was uh, Abelex in County Lois took the tidiest small town accolade. So it's all happening over there. And uh, I just think it's uh, really good that, you know, now and again you read here in the local paper where people are, uh, you know, out there picking up rubbish, etc., etc. You know, usually retired people, that should be said. And, you know, around town and along the riverbanks, etc. I just think good on them, you know. And that's, uh, people say, oh, the council should be doing that. But that's that's not the point. You know, the council can't be everywhere. They do um, have some control over it and keep things reasonably tidy, particularly in the city centre. But out in the sort of the suburbs, it's good that people, you know, pick up rubbish. Because that's what I've noticed here when you go past some of the stores. Uh, you know, I live in... Church Street area, you know, Botanical Road end of Church Street. And there's lots of big companies there. And they spend thousands putting in, you know, sort of uh, greenery, you know, to make the place look pleasant. And then it's just left to sort of rot. It just ends up with tons of rubbish everywhere and broken bottles and uh, sort of, um, yeah, carts, you know, the supermarket carts. You see a few of them around. I mean, it's just... that's. I don't know why they just don't actually employ when you get one of the staff to go out there and just sort of, you know, pick up the rubbish because it's, uh, you know, it's in their interest. That's what helps people to go into plump. If a place looks tidy, you think, oh, yeah, it's not too bad. But when it's all covered in sort of rubbish and bits and pieces, it's, uh, I don't think it looks all that great. And that doesn't do the company any, you know, its image any good either. But a lot of people just don't actually care at the end of the day. Anyway, Babe Star, yes, Babe Star, James Cromwell. Has uh, written to Ireland's Minister of Agriculture, Charlie McCallaghy, I think it is, to urge Ireland not to export live pigs to China. Good on him. It follows a protest outside Leinster House, uh, that's the government in Dublin, last month over um, a trade deal that will see live pigs exported to, junior, uh, to China for breeding purposes. The country is increasing its live pig imports after its herd was decimated by the African uh, swine flu. This is in China. In his letter, Cromwell said he learned a lot about pigs while filming the 1995 movie Babe about a pig that wants to be a sheepdog. As such, he said he was shocked at Ireland's plans to export pigs in cruel conditions to China where they will be used as breeding machines. I had the great privilege and pleasure of learning about pigs when I I started in the movie. And I just thought I learned quite a lot about the, the you know the animals. Cromwell was after a court was after a court hearing in twenty one, having faced charges of trespassing during a, a protest at a Wendy's restaurant. Good on him, a man of his word, man. Not so much a man of word. He has you know has his own belief system. And has you know a man of conscience. I'm really got a lot of time for people like that. You know, stand up for what you believe in. Really. They're fascinating animals who possess a remarkable capacity for love and joy, as well as sorrow. I was therefore shocked to hear about your plans to export these wonderful animals from Ireland to China, where they will be used as breeding machines, and I urge you on behalf of kind people everywhere to reconsider. 
treating pigs as cargo and forcing them to endure a long journey in cramped cages while exposing them to excessive noise and changes uh, in air pressure is both unnecessary and cruel, and it would cause immense stress to those sensitive creatures, animals. Cromwell adds that any legal protections afforded to pigs in Ireland will be lost in China. Well, there are no laws protecting farm animals. That's pretty grim. Uh, Pigs deserve better than that. These animals, like so many others, already suffer tremendously from humans' absurd addiction to their flesh. Be a vegetarian. The absolute least we can do is to spare them the unnecessary trauma of an arduous journey overseas. Cromwell takes part in a protest outside a power plant in uh, in New York in, in when, 19, uh, rather 2017 against uh, you know. Uh, animal cruelty as well. I hope we'll see that shipping pigs abroad does not align with the friendly spirit Ireland is known for, which is fair enough. Ireland, sort of, Ireland Irish people are sort of, you know, kind-hearted. Well, that's it. the image that they have. They're kind-hearted, friendly, decent people, you know, and, and they know right from wrong. Um, given the history of our country, you know, we should be sort of kinder to people, consider we've, uh, you know, the... Uh, the occupation and oppression that Ireland and the Irish people have had to endure over hundreds of years, yet hundred in fact. Cromwell concluded by urging Ireland to reverse its decision and to consider banning all live animals. They had something like that here, didn't they? I'm not sure if they've done it with uh, you know cattle uh, to, I think, it, I'm not sure if it was China, but exporting cattle overseas and sheep, particularly, uh, I think it was Saudi Arabia in the Middle East, and a lot of them just didn't cut it, even though they have vets, etc., etc., on board. It's just a cruel, uh, it is cruel. You know, and it's just, but there again, that's uh, on the end there for money. It's capitalism for you, in for a quick buck. The actor, who has been a vegetarian himself since 1974, turned vegan after uh, making the movie. The 81 year old is a long time campaigner for animal rights and also uh, protested against natural gas facilities occasionally being arrested during his activism. Good on him, like I said, a man of his word. Stands up for what he believes in. As well as Babe, he has appeared in movies such as The Green Mile, LA Confidential, and Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. So good on him, you know, for actually, you know, having the. You know, the decency, really, to stand up and start to, you know, say what you believe in, uh, even if it does go against uh, what government ministers are against. Interesting thing there, it didn't say that he had a lot of support from the general public. But anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's all the news for this week. I will be back again next week. So until then, be nice and be kind to one another, particularly now that uh, COVID has arrived in town. And hopefully it's, you know, it's a fleeting visit, you know, and that, uh, yeah, nobody is going to die. That's the main thing. But uh, apparently people what I've read, not so much about in New Zealand, but overseas, people that have contacted it, uh, con- yeah, contacted it have been, you know, have been, it's really, really, you know, it's quite serious as a death, a matter of life and death, but also they feel amazingly unwell and you wouldn't wish that upon anyone, particularly coming up to this time of year when it's, uh, Christmas and in New Zealand, uh, it's, you know, it's holiday time. You know, in Europe, Christmas is a break, usually a week, maybe a bit more off. It's just an inter- uh, interlude. But in New Zealand, it's summertime, so uh, you know, it goes on for some time, and people, you know, don't want to be ill over that time of the year. And also, you know, like I said, you know, summertime, people go away for a break, catch up with family, etc., etc. Anyway, on that note. 
I will love you and leave you, and I'll see you next week. So, like I said, be kind and take care. Okay? See ya. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.